This is a Hipsters of the Coast podcast. This Doom Travelers podcast is brought to you by Hipsters of the Coast, your destination for magic news, strategy, and entertainment. And by Cast Haven, where you can build your magic collection like a pro. Visit casthaven.com for more information. <laughs> All right, welcome to another episode of Doomed Travelers. I'm your host, Rich Stein, and I'm joined this week uh, by my co-host, Dave McCoy, and our panelists of sorts, Matt the Obliterator Jones and Brendan McNamara. Uh, this week we are going to talk about uh, cheating, the world of illicit magic. Uh, and we're going to talk about uh, experiences with cheating uh, and, and wh- how what we feel the DCI's role in cheating is uh, and whether or not we're happy with the kind of suspensions that have been given out lately. Uh, so to start, we're going to go around and we're going to talk about uh, our experiences with cheating while... Uh, Matt, Dave, and I queue up some uh, bounties here and then jump into a strike uh, on Destiny. So while we're doing that, Brendan, why don't you uh, start us off uh, and give us a personal story about your experience with cheating at a Magic tournament? Okay. Well, I don't think I've ever been like shuffle cheated or anything really blatant. Um, but the one situation I remember is one I wrote about a couple of years ago for the Hipsters website. Uh, it was at a Pharaoh's sealed Grand Prix and it was on day two and I had a draft and I had that heroic creature wave crash triton I think it's what's called that when you targeted it you would lock down a creature for a turn so it wouldn't untap um and I had done that and then you know it was kind of a long turn and then my opponent untapped his creature and it was like I had a Daxos out that you know, when it hit him, you know, I get to draw a card and all this stuff. It's really bad if he doesn't have a blocker. And it was his only blocker. And I, was, I didn't notice it for whatever reason because it was my first day two or something. Um, but he untapped it. It was very, very favorable for him to untap it. I realized it on my next, at the end of my next turn. Like I didn't attack because I was like, oh, no, he's got a blocker. I can't attack. And then... It dawned on me later. I was like, "Wait a minute! That was supposed to be a, that was supposed to be tapped from the previous turn." And of course, he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I forgot." You know, and we called a judge, and the judge is like, "Well, we can't walk it back." And like in my right. mind, I'm thinking, "This guy is cheating me," or you know, he's angle shooting, or whatever you want to call. Right. It's not really like a planned out cheat as much as a, "Oh, I really need this to happen. I'm going to do something that is against the rules." And maybe he won't notice. And like, if I had noticed, you know, it's very easy because he just doesn't untap. And then I'm like, oh, that guy's supposed to stay untapped. And you're like, oh, or stay tapped. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's yeah. The so intent, easy to fix. Yeah, the intent is really difficult. There. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's obvious that you can rewind that, but uh, it's also not the most straightforward thing. Um, so, Dave, what about you? Let's uh, let's hear a story about. Wait, real quick, Dave. What kind of burn is this? Uh, what are the modifiers? It's just heroic and juggler. Yeah, no yeah. There's no burn. Cool, thanks. Yeah. Um, so I honestly haven't been in any real high stakes 
uh, tournament situation. I've I've day two'd one legacy GP and uh, 05'd day two. So it's not like I've been in a position where people have uh, obviously had a huge incentive to cheat. Um, But I do remember as a kid, I I played Magic for like six months, and I'm very competitive uh, in Magic, but also in, you know, something like a first-person shooter. And I remember as a kid, I was new to Magic. I was really bad, obviously. I didn't know anything about Magic. And I remember the pressure in my mind to be better than everyone else, even though I obviously wasn't, was so high that I, I was trying to think of ways to, like, outsmart them. Like, you know, stuff like mana weaving, which didn't seem like cheating at the time. Um, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Uh, or, or, like, uh, I honestly don't remember what I did as a kid. I, but I'm, I'm sure I did things that would get you banned from the DCI just because, like, I really wanted to win <laughs> and I was just not a good Magic player. Um, and I think, honestly, that's, that's where a lot of cheating instincts come from like everybody wants to win everybody sees themselves as an above average player well except for maybe matt jones i don't know definitely do uh, not see myself (laughs) as an above average player. but you know most most humans see themselves as above average and when you don't perform to that expectation you have such an immense internal pressure to perform up to that level and if you can't do it fair and square you're like you 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 cut corners and I, i think that's where a lot of of this pressure to cheat comes from. Yeah, um, no, that definitely makes sense. Um, what about you, Matt? Um, I have only really experienced cheating one time, and I didn't even see it. Hunter was watching my match. It was a PTQ in Philadelphia. Uh, sealed. I don't know why I just ran into that room. I almost killed myself. Um, it was sealed, and this kid who is a grinder, I've seen him. His brother's very good. His brother's older than him. He's a little younger, and he was shuffling my deck in such a way that he was looking at the cards. He was like uh, just in his hand, riffle, riffle sh- not riffle shuffling like you do with regular playing cards, but like just shuffling with his hands. And uh, he was like pausing to see what was in my deck, I think. Hunter said yeah. he could see him like looking at my deck as he shuffled. Yeah. And I, I just, I wasn't even paying attention. He's like, Matt, you gotta get to watch people because he's totally, yeah. you know, he knows all these cards that are in your deck. He might not be putting them in an order and cheating you that way, but he is cheating you by gaining information. Um, and I was, like, sort of bummed out by that. I think that might have been one of the times that I went to a Phillies game because I was just tired of whatever was going on. Right. Made basically <laughs> every time I've been to Philadelphia. <laughs> is that the one where you went into the murder hole in the subway station? No, that was a different one. The murder <laughs> hole was very scary. <laughs> But anyways, that's that's my thing. And nothing came of it. I mean, the kid kicked my ass, as most children I play against in Magic do. Right, right, right. Of course. Um, <laughs> no, I've I've had uh, yeah, I've definitely had my fair share, I guess, uh, or unfair share, because I've had a lot more experiences uh, with cheating than you guys. Um, having played, of course, uh, back in the '90s. Uh, oh, there goes my. Complete a strike without dying. Uh, bounty. Uh, <laughs> having played a lot more competitively in the 90s, um, there were lots and lots and lots and lots of cheats going on back then. Shuffle cheating was the most, um, you know, the most prevalent uh, form of cheating for sure, uh, by far. I died again. 
Uh, <laughs> I can't play Destiny while thinking about cheating, apparently. Anyways, yeah. I'll, share, I'll share a story from uh, Atlantic City because it's so fresh in my mind. Um, at Grand Prix Atlantic City, uh, I'm playing Magic again for the first time in years. Uh, at a Grand Prix, uh, it's, it's limited is the format. Um, and it's round five? No, round four. Um, I'm two and one, and so is my opponent. And we both sit down, introduce ourselves. I take out my deck. I'm shuffling. Uh, you know, they're announcing, making their announcements. They finally, they're like, all right, it's, you know, you have 50 minutes in the round. You can begin. My opponent at this point now, after they've announced that the round's begun, uh, takes their deck out of the deck box, puts it on the playmat in front of them, and then proceeds to side shuffle maybe four times. And the entire time they're side shuffling, they're not actually shuffling. They're just taking the top of their deck and putting it on the bottom, and then taking the top of their deck and putting it on the bottom again. And there's no actual shuffling going on. So my opponent presents their deck, and I present mine, and I immediately call judge over. And my opponent gives me the most incredulous look, like the most, what did I do? Like, I, I, like, I don't understand. Why are you calling a judge? And I'm like, look, man, you just pulled a deck out of that box and handed it to me, and I have no reason not to believe you didn't stack all 40 cards before doing so. And I was just a little shocked that, uh, A, people still try to get away with that one, or B, that they were so ignorant to the prevalence of cheating or how shuffling works that they didn't think to just you know shuffle their deck for any good reason. Um, shuffling is critical to magic. Uh, so it's a, very, uh, it's a very obvious thing when somebody doesn't shuffle their deck. Um, so the judge uh, decided that there was no malicious intent, uh, shuffled both our decks because, you know, being uh, such an upstanding moral citizen, my opponent decided that since I had felt they were cheating, that they felt it was necessary to have a judge shuffle my deck as well. Uh, so whatever, judge shuffled my deck. Um, and... Uh, we went on with our lives. Uh, I ended up winning the match, um, but it was, you know, kind of a surreal thing to see that still going on. Uh, oh my god! My... <laughs> oh, hey, <laughs> someone finally found out where Matt Jones lives. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, I think in all our cases, we we all uh, had kind of minor. Uh, situation certainly nothing uh, nothing like some of the more high profile cases I've never uh, had an opponent uh, DQ'd or anything on the spot for cheating um, though there's you know we've all seen plenty of the plenty of that happening on coverage uh, and I kind of want to talk about one of the more recent scenarios which is the Steven Speck situation uh, which is a very recent uh, development. Um, so Steven Speck uh, was at Grand Prix, or was at the Pro Tour, Dragons of Tarkir, uh, and was recently played at a Grand Prix, I think in Vancouver, right? Yeah, it was Grand Prix Vancouver. Right, so basically at Grand Prix Vancouver, which was modern, uh, Speck had uh, a lot of success uh, playing the Amulet combo. 
um, which is, of course, a fairly explosive combo once it gets going. Um, is he the guy who's Sam Black's friend? No, no that's honest- Justin Cohen. Oh, okay. As you say, I don't know the answer to that. But anyway, so Steven <laughs> Speck uh, at the Pro Tour um, was found to have been basically presenting 53-card decks to his opponent to cut uh, while keeping seven cards, uh, for lack of a better term, up his sleeve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he got caught. And, you know, the social media had a field day because... Uh, he had previously won a grand, well, not won a grand prix, or top eight at a grand prix. Did he win Vancouver? He lost in the finals. Uh, lost yeah, in the lost. finals. Um, so with a combo deck that he had a lot of suspicious turn one victories with. So, anyways, to make a long story short, uh, it seems that Spec had been using this trick to palm his opening seven uh, for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a lot of success in a Grand Prix as a result of doing so. Um, and was finally, finally, yeah, got him to the Pro Tour, uh, gets caught at the Pro Tour, and has just uh, a couple weeks ago officially been suspended uh, by the DCI, I believe for 18 months was the... Or was it three years? Somebody got... Uh, it was three years. I think years, it was right? three years. Right, sorry, it was of the guy who picked up uh, his creatures got six months. Uh, or picked up his land and then used Narset uh, got yeah. six months. But I want to talk about Spec. So Spec gets three years. Um, the question now is, coming out is, is it enough? For what this guy did is three years a long enough suspension. Uh, so that's the question I want to explore a little bit here. Uh, what do you guys think? It's three years enough for a guy who is basically palming their opening seven to win on a Grand Prix uh, so that they can play at the Pro Tour and then proceeded to do, do the same exact thing at the Pro Tour. I mean, yes. Mm. I, I, you, think three, you think three years is enough, Dave? I mean, I... Or, 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 or too much? I, uh, three years is a long time. Yeah. Uh, to the point, like, they can still play Moto, right? DCI is just sanctioned Paper Magic and Correct. Mocks, probably. Like, they can't compete in the Mocks. Um, um, because yeah. that qual- would qualify it, it, yes, you for, you the for mo- sanctioned tournaments. Um, I would imagine that the DCI would not be so happy. I, there's nothing they can do, I think, to prevent you from winning uh, a Mocks, an MOCS, uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with the terminology. But uh, I don't think they'd be thrilled. They would probably prevent you from playing in the actual championship. Yeah, I mean, uh, three years is a long time. Like, to the point where, after three years, you might not even play Magic anymore. Um, right. You know, well, I mean, yeah. It's it's just a hobby. You know, it's something that's pretty expensive. Um, and if you're, you know, if you're in a competitive playgroup, it's not like you're doing much else other than playing in tournaments like that. So three years seems like the kind of length of a band that would lead you to either leave the game entirely because you it's hard to keep up those that kind of friend group uh or maybe it's long enough for you to think about think twice before you do it again because it affected your relationship so much i don't know yeah i mean in the end like cheating at a magic tournament is especially if it's like a a high stakes magic tournament like a gp or a pro tour is kind of like a petty theft in terms of like stealing winnings 
from other potential players. Um, and I mean, it's, it's, so it's a pretty, pretty low stakes in the grand scheme of things. Uh, so three years seems, but it's, is it, is it, so it's, yeah, I mean, theft is certainly not something, I mean, petty theft in, in society is something that, you know, comes with fairly, um, you know, punishments to match. Um, but at a magic tournament, you know, how much else, what else can you, you know, there's not a lot of infractions you can commit that get you banned from the DCI. So, uh, taking pictures yes. of people's butt cracks or cheating, taking pictures of people's mm-hmm. butt cracks. Yeah, no, well, I guess so. stealing, stealing people's decks and stuff. Yeah. But- so those are, so to be fair, yeah, stealing people's decks. Uh, so, so, so there are some pretty clear, uh, guidelines are what gets you suspended forever. Um, and to date, you basically, if you steal people's stuff at a tournament, uh, or if you physically assault people at a tournament, uh, or if you do something uh, to steal from Wizards itself, um, then that's how you land yourself uh, a lifetime ban uh, from the DCI. But cheating, uh, at least for the most part, cheating does not come with lifetime bans. Uh, there are certainly things that the DCI will ban you for life uh, for, uh, but cheating is not one of them. So uh, what about Matt, Brendan, what do you guys think? Uh, I agree with the, Dave 100%. Yeah. Brendan? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with Dave. I think that like, there's at least a chance, you know, if you ban someone for three years or so, if, if they really love magic, you know, they're just going to be playing magic all the time. Three years isn't that long in the lifetime of someone who's been playing a lot of magic. But people who really love magic probably aren't people who are cheating. If you're cheating, you're more into, you know, you're not doing it because, oh, it's a fun game I can play with other people. It's like, what can I get away with? How can I get things out of people? And so I feel like people who are just really just in it to cheat are less likely to, oh, I'm going to, you know, spend three years kind of keeping up with the game so that I can be at a competitive level to be able to take advantage of cheating again. You know, it's, there's at least a chance that they won't. Like, for example, when they banned Trevor Humphreys, who was, you know, one of these notorious shuffle cheaters. And I guess that happened like six months ago or something. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, he got banned for three or four years. And, you know, he's like, ah, something. He went in the middle of his keyboard dojo card fighter rant. Right. He also put up that he was selling his entire magic collection. And, you know, hopefully that's a situation where, you know, that's not, a lot of these people, I think, I think Jared Petra was like this, like they had played other games like, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh! or something where there's yep. more of a Wild West feel. And then they're like, oh, well, I can make more money at Magic cheating than I can at Yu-Gi-Oh! cheating. And then if they find out, oh, you're kicked out for three or four years, then they may just go back to whatever other horrible things they're doing. Hopefully never to return. <laughs> um, but I yeah. also think that they're, the DCI is a little bit caught up based on their you know, precedents from the past. Like if Alex Bertoncini gets three or four years for his second or more infraction, or he's pretty much a blatant, he's been banned for cheating, come back and then banned for cheating again. If he's only going to get three or four years, it's pretty hard for them to ban someone for life on a first offense, especially right. when it's, it's not something that's a hundred percent obvious what they are doing. You know, if you if you like set up cameras in the exhibit hall to tape all your opponent's hands while you're facing them, which I don't know how you do this, but you know, if you did something like that and you had a very elaborate system to spy on people and cheat, 
And maybe you like worked with the tournament organizers to do that. And then you had like a gambling ring set up where you were like point shaving or something. You know, if it was, if it was a massive undertaking, I think they might ban someone for life for doing that. Right, right, but right, right. Just yeah. More than no, I, I, I agree. I think, you know, it's, it's uh, for sure. There's, there's clearly things that would be so malicious uh, to the game itself, right? To the integrity of the tournament, not just the match you're playing in, but to, to Magic's community that they have no choice but to, uh, but to give you a, the, the, a lifetime uh, ban. Uh, but How many I mean, people are banned for life right now. There's a decent number of them actually, uh, but they're almost all people who were either uh, uh, who had some uh, generally had some kind of uh, uh, assault, right? So they physically attacked someone uh, uh, is the vast majority. So either uh, an opponent or a judge. Uh, that that tends to be the predominant case. Um, yeah, I guess the 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 question I, sh- I I wonder about is whether or not the three you know three years is certainly a long time, and like you guys said, uh, three years could virtually be uh, as good as a lifetime ban, uh, because you know what do you do? I mean, you could obviously get back into it, but you'd have to reestablish your your group to play with. You'd have to uh, you know get back involved with the latest sets and and rebuild card database. You know, rebuild your collection. Um, you know, there's a lot that has to happen in order to be able to play Magic again. Um, so I wonder if it's, uh, you know, is there an expectation on Wizards' part that most people who get a three-year ban are going to return uh, to the game and that the desire on the part of Wizards is for them to eventually, you know, uh, atone for their, uh, miss- for their transgressions and return uh, to magic one day, or do you think that three years is meant to be almost as bad as a lifetime ban, as a men- as a means to deter other people from ever committing those crimes? Uh, so I guess short version of that question is: is the three year sentence more for rehabilitating the player or for deterring other people, or a little of both? I keep dying in the worst spots. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, I think it's a combination of both. I think in in the end, we have to realize that Magic is a pretty low stakes in terms of financial. Uh, uh, in terms of financial stakes, it's pretty low stakes, and it's just a it's just a card game. And the DCI is, I don't know, enforcing rules on a nerdy card game. Uh, it's not the kind of thing that lifetime bans seem necessary for you know since it's a game but at the same time right. since it's low stakes like the the consequences of a lifetime ban are pretty low so maybe you could be yeah. more liberal about it I don't, I don't know right yeah it's it's kind of a tough thing because the argument could be used obviously you could shape the argument for or against uh i guess that's kind of bmax uh area of expertise right <laughs> yeah um i think that you know it's three or four years to some extent, like with how Dave was talking about, you know, as a kid, sometimes people who are cheating are just young and yeah. they really, they're like, wow, I'm so much younger than everyone else. I've got to cheat in order to be able to compete with these people who've been playing for 10 years. And maybe after, after they do that and they get kicked out for three years and they see all their friends having fun and their friends are like, yeah, you're an idiot. Why are you cheating? You know, we don't want you to do the game. <laughs> and they, 
it's certainly possible for people to be rehabilitated. I don't know if you're in your 20s or 30s or something. That's probably not happening. You're, right. <laughs> you're as much of a piece of crap as you're going to be for the rest of your life. But I think that's part of Wizards' motivation is that cheating at a game, especially since there's a lot of a gray area and a lot of questions of intent, um, and there's lots of things that people have done that wouldn't necessarily count as cheating, but they're taking advantage of a situation to help them win a game. I think the Wizards feels like, eh, you know, three years gives people an opportunity to reevaluate that. There's a lot of, especially right. now on social media, there's all the public shaming that can go with it that people are going to know about what you did and it might be harder for you to be successful. I mean, it sure. certainly was yeah. harder for yeah, it's, it's definitely to do it when he came back. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's a little, little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, I guess, um, yeah. with respect to what the purpose is. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the DCI's role in all of this, um, you know, they've, they're, they're, you know, like, it's, it's such a low-stakes game, Magic, um, especially if you compare it to, like, poker, mm-hmm. um, which can be much higher uh, stakes. Um, then I guess really the DCI is just, again, protecting the integrity of the game, but more importantly, I think their job is to protect the environment uh, of the tournament, and cheaters ultimately aren't that harmful. Um, you know, the amount of money being quote-unquote stolen uh, is is fairly small, um, and, and the harm is pretty easy to take care of. Um, that said, uh, whenever one of these stories comes out, uh, inevitably there is a lot of community backlash uh, against cheating, right? People would be... I don't think a lot of people would be upset uh, if cheaters were banned for life. It's almost like... Uh, white collar crime right like people like uh bernie madoff right people you know their their crime i mean bernie madoff's a bad example perhaps because his crimes were actually very harmful to a lot of people um but in some cases uh you know the community outrage over certain crimes tends to be uh disproportional to the actual punishment given out Uh, and in the case of steven speck um, there was a lot of there were a lot of people uh, who were uh, who felt that they should have given him uh, a lifetime ban uh, for what he had done. Um, but I guess that's part of uh, it. Just comes with the territory. People are always going to be pretty torn on cheating. And I guess yeah. people who uh, experience cheating uh, perhaps will feel even more slighted. Um, is it one of those cases though where? the responsibility is on the players to educate themselves. Uh, like Matt had said, uh, you know, he just, he didn't pick up on his opponent cheating. Uh, and, and it turned out that uh, Hunter happened to be watching and, and was able to uh, recognize the cheating and uh, inform him. Uh, or is it really the role of the DCI to deter people from cheating in the first place? Yeah. Well, I think that, like a lot of the people who raised a stink about the Steven Specks banning are pro players, and they're the ones who are affected the most by cheating. You know, they're, it's most likely the people are cheating in very high stakes situations. They play a lot of those, and they play against people like Steven Speck, um, who are, really are kind of stealing from them. And the pro players, you know, even though it's not a lot of money, the, you know, the money and the pro points 
you know, a lot of money can come out of getting one extra pro point here and there. Yeah. Um, and so I think for them, you know, they have a lot, a stronger incentive to fight cheating and get a bigger ban. And they also, you know, are the ones who least want to have to spend mental resources tracking whether their opponent's cheating, you know, like just, you can get an edge just by making your opponent think that you're cheating them because then they start focusing on what you're doing with your hands and where you kept your sideboard. And maybe they forget to, you know, pay, you know, pay for something or play a land for a turn or make a right. small decision ends up costing them a game. And so the less that they have to be vigilant and the more that the DCI takes on the vigilance for them, then the better it is. Yeah, that certainly, yeah, that certainly makes sense. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, the DCI's responsibility to protect pro players, protect all players, protect the tournaments. Uh, there's uh, a lot of uh, area that's open, uh, open to interpretation there, uh, I suppose. Um, and I guess the question then is going to be one that's very similar to um, how other, you know, how places like the NFL and other major sports leagues handle things, which is, uh, is the DCI being consistent enough? Uh, and that goes back to uh, BMAC, what you had said about Berdincini, right? So if Berdincini comes back uh, from his initial suspension for cheating and he cheats again uh, and, and they suspend him again for so much time uh, the second time, uh, you know, can you use that as a benchmark for similar situations, right? So uh, is there a, you know, I don't think we have enough examples, honestly, uh, to, to form a, a a decision on whether or not the DCI has been consistent in their rulings. Um, but I suspect it's something that they're cognizant of. Do you think that they have like a guideline? Like if, you know, for this kind of cheating, it's six months for this kind of cheating, it's three years, uh, you know, based on whether or not you're a repeat offender. Uh, do you think they have that kind of a flow chart? Uh, or do you think they kind of just, go with it uh, on a case-by-case -case basis. What do you think? Matt, do you think they've got an awesome flowchart of suspension somewhere? Unlikely that Wizards of the Coast has an awesome any organized, organized anything anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they, go to, they go on Modo and they use Modo to determine suspension. Yeah, the, the whole thing's inside of Modo. It's great. That's what that's what Momir Basic actually is. It hands out suspensions. <laughs> <laughs> they play basic and they see what random creatures come out of uh, Momir yeah, Basic. They're like, they're, decide. Like, they're like six months. It is. Yeah. Random suspensions would be hilarious. Like you would get somebody who had repeated uh, warnings for slow play, and they'd get like a five month, uh, five year suspension. Maybe, It'd be like, maybe. well, poor Hunter. <laughs> Hunter would be screwed. <laughs> <laughs> they just need a dartboard. Yeah, man. If they oh, ban if they ban people yeah, for slow play, I would never play Magic again. <laughs> no, you, you, you would also be screwed, David. Sorry, buddy. They did ban Tamaharo Saito for stalling. Yes, you, you can. You you can be, be disqualified from a tournament for slow play. So, but you have to do it a lot, a whole lot. Yeah, I'll practice. So, anyways. <laughs> Yeah, Dave, try uh, a little harder to do yeah. the slow play so you can up it a bit, get your chances up there to get 
booted. <laughs> yeah, Dave, we should play more matches like that match we played at the beginning of Kanza Tarkir where oh, we were both Abzan and we just wanted to so shoot weird. ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> oh, lucky you, Alamoth, you bastard. Yeah, I got a got a legendary helmet, so we'll have to go decrypt that uh, after the expansion hits on Tuesday. Yay. But uh, <laughs> all right, well, thanks everyone for uh, an insightful discussion about cheating. Um, obviously, it's a very complex topic, uh, and I did not uh, I did not have any intent of us uh, actually answering anything or resolving anything because it is a crazy topic, and uh, none of us are really qualified to say whether or not suspensions are accurate. Um, so that's, uh, that's it. And, uh, in lieu of figuring out how to turn my stream off, I'm just going to figure out how to break the Twitch terms of service, uh, so that they suspend my account and, uh, that'll, that'll get it turned off. So just take your shirt off, Rich. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I mean, if having Matt Jones on your stream doesn't already break the terms, then. Ah, uh, come on. I'm a, I'm a human being for Christ's sake. <laughs> Hey Guardians, thanks for tuning in to the Doom Travelers Podcast. You can find more at doomtravelers.com or follow at doomtravelers on Twitter for show updates and other nonsense. Make sure to subscribe to Hipsters TV on YouTube for videos of our previous episodes. And don't forget that you can find audio-only versions of the Doom Travelers Podcast on iTunes. For your host, Rich Stein and Matt the Obliterator Jones, I'm David Bones McCoy. See you next time. Now they pay William Howard to-